Welcome to the Word Up Podcast, where we discuss all things tech in Israel from the perspective of a technical writer. Doesn't sound interesting? Well, you can go ahead and leave. Just kidding. Stick around because I think I'm going to make a very compelling case why you should care about technical writing. Welcome back to another episode of the Word Up Podcast. So last episode, we discussed the current state of technical writing in Israel. We discussed a bit about the, the current job market, um, the skill sets that are lacking with uh, technical writers. We discussed all of that. So we're not going to obviously touch on that again. At this point, I'm, I'm sure I've convinced you. Uh, you are, again, a founder. You're an early stage startup. You, you are convinced of the need to hire a full-time writer. But it's not as simple as that. It's not as simple as uh, we're making it sound because... By the time you've decided to hire a full-time writer, my guess is you're probably a year into development, a year and a half, maybe two years. Perhaps you've had a contractor working on this part-time, someone that might know the product, might not know the product. Perhaps one of you, the founders, has been writing the documentation or a developer. By the time you've decided you need a writer, you're already one, perhaps two years in the hole. Okay? You've gotten to a point, congratulations, you're there. The reason you need a writer is because customers are probably coming to you and saying, Okay, wonderful. Where's the documentation? Or you're going to enterprise customers and they need to see the documentation. Or now it's becoming a legal requirement that you need to pass on to close the deal. So at this point, you've already lost about a year. Okay, so I actually think that by the time you need one writer, the truth is you probably need an entire team. And we're going to talk a bit about how to start to think about that and what you should plan for at this point. And of course, if we're talking about hiring a writer, we're talking about the entire recruitment process. Okay, so we're going to talk a little bit about how to recruit, what to think about while recruiting, um, what to include in your interview process. We're going to get into some nitty gritty details that will be able to help you out. Uh, We're also going to take a look at our LinkedIn post for the week, um, which comes from uh, one of my connections. She has an incredible, incredible take on um, a term that I've used a lot uh, uh, over the past couple of years. And uh, she really changed my thinking. So I think we're going to you're going to really enjoy that. And finally, we're going to introduce a new segment. And this is something I plan to do every episode. And it's called time to retire. Time to retire a single word or term that's used incorrectly or too much on LinkedIn. So stay tuned. That's going to be at the end. So like we said, you've decided to hire a writer. And what does that mean? Let's start with that. What does that mean? You need a writer. I think we use the term technical writer as a catch-all, and it's not always necessarily what we mean. A technical writer has a very specific skill set. They learn the product and they explain to users how to install, how to configure, how to use it. Um, perhaps more specialty writers will be able to explain a product's API or SDK. But a lot of the time, especially at early stage startups, you're really hiring for like a CEO role, right? The chief, the chief English officer. And so they might, you might expect them to do things like, um, check emails for, for English, to write some marketing, uh, materials, to possibly edit the marketing materials because it's being written by a non, uh, non-English speaker, a non-native English speaker. Um, maybe white papers, all these different things. And I'm, telling you right now, it's a big mistake assuming that someone you're hiring for a technical writer is going to be a good fit for all of those pieces of content. Okay, so what I'd like to do is introduce a new term of product content. Okay, have it, you need to first define what it is you expect this writer to be producing. What kind of content? 
lay it out very specifically because it's going to make a big difference when you're in the recruitment process. If you're if you're too wide in your search, you're not going to find a good fit. And if you're too narrow, well, you'll probably find a good technical writer if you're too narrow. So what you first need to do amongst yourselves, the executive team, the HR team, whoever does it, what do we expect this person who we're hiring for that we're calling a technical writer, what do we expect them to do in the short term, medium term, and long term? Usually the immediate need is to to put together some sort of you know integration documentation or some sort of uh, technical spec or even possibly uh, graphics that explain explain the product perhaps even knowledge base now you have a, the field has been working with customers for a while and now you have a whole series of tickets that need to be made into kbs or something intelligible that's been that was written by the field no offense field people you you do amazing work but um it's like the equivalent of uh, of um like a doctor writing a prescription, okay? So we have to turn that into something intelligible. So clearly define the different buckets of writing. Don't just lump it all together. Just like you wouldn't for engineering. You wouldn't say, okay, so we need someone to develop the product, so hire a developer. Well, they could do everything. No, you need to find the skill set, define what is going on. So pretty much... um, that's step number one for you before you recruit. What do we expect this person to do? I would even take a look at your backlog. Take a look at your roadmap, okay? These are going to be things you want to clearly lay out uh, as you plan for this position. Not only that, this is something we'll get into this in recruiting. You'll want to be able to show them what they're going to be able to do, okay? What what you have in store for them. Let them make the decision uh, if this is the right position for them. So when we talk about team building, we also need to talk about personalities, and skill sets. Who are you hiring for? Are you hiring for a writer? Are you hiring for someone who you eventually intend to be a manager of a team? Or are we only talking narrowly about a writer? These are not the same personality types, okay? Especially in tech docs, I don't know how it is uh, in, in, uh, in engineering, but generally what happens, you know this, in an early stage startup, as you go through the growth phase and super growth phase and hyper growth phase. And if you get the Spaceballs reference, uh, ludicrous uh, speed uh, uh, growth, the, the, the people who were there first or the people who are the superstars in their, in, their, in their position become managers. Is that the wisest thing to do? I can't talk about engineering. I can't. What I can say is that that's not always the case for technical writing. It's two different skill sets, two different personalities. Um, what makes someone a good technical writer might not make them a good manager. So if we're already talking about thinking about team building, okay, don't just think about hiring a single writer. What do you want your team to look like in six months, in a year from now? If you're looking for someone to be a manager and who's also going to do the writing, then hire someone with management experience. If you're looking for someone who's going to be the writer, and then you can worry about bringing in a manager to build up a team later, then hire for that position later. Let's not let's not um, let's not cross the streams and 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 mess everything up. Okay, keep it very narrowly defined. What you expect this person to do, how you're going to define their success. Okay, just like you would for any other position. This is something that's really lost uh, and missed out on when you're hiring for a technical writer. Is you treat it as something as a position different from other positions in the company. Okay, clear KPIs, clear goals, clear definitions of success, and what you expect from them. The second thing when we are recruiting is uh, we're gonna I'm gonna do it I'm gonna I'm gonna drop the D word no no not that sickos 
Diversity. Diversity. Um, obviously, this is a major topic. I'm not getting into politics. I'm not getting into social issues. What I would say is that at companies, we have a responsibility to our customers to deliver the best product, whether it's the actual product or content as uh, as product, to deliver the best work possible. Now, it just so happens that my teams tend to be the most diverse and diversity plays zero part in my thinking. Okay, sorry, enterprises out there, don't, uh, uh, don't cancel me because of this. But if you look at my teams, it spans age groups, it spans religions, it spans genders, it spans everything, okay? And the reason is because I look for the best. I look at the person's skills and what they can bring to the team. And it just so happens that when you're looking, it one size doesn't fit all, okay? When you look for the best and you're only looking at their skill set and who they are as people and what they bring to the table, you're going to automatically be left with a diverse team. I promise. I promise. Um, it's, it's the way to go. I, it's the least, by concentrating the least on it, I always have the most diverse team. I wouldn't say the most diverse. I would say perhaps of the top two or three diverse teams in an entire company because I'm really hiring for the best. And why am I hiring for the best? And how do I know? Because I'm clear, clearly defining what the skill set should be. Um, I'll give you one example. Um, in the previous position, we're hiring an intern. And we were looking uh, for them to do integration documentation, which was based on APIs. Now, most people in a company, especially if you're an engineer or someone not familiar with technical writing, would say, okay, we need to find someone with API experience, you know, someone who's done this before this. And I said, well, you know what? What if we have someone with the skill set? What kind of skill set would make makes a good API writer? And the answer was someone who likes to test, someone who has a history testing, experience testing, and enjoys it and is good at it. And sure enough, found someone who had a QA experience, and she became an absolutely excellent overnight overnight all star, and um, really picked up on it because she had the right mindset, she had the right skill set, and this would not have fit in the normal box of who are we going to have to write our API documentation. You would never have chosen someone that never worked with APIs before, but it worked out. So that's what I'm saying: is that look for the skill set, find the person with the skills, and you can teach um, you can teach tools, you can teach ideas. Look for the skill set and the passion. The last thing I want to talk about with recruiting is that a lot of the times we want to be, you know, we always want to be thinking outside the box. We want outside the box thinker. I want someone who's going to be challenging this. And that. Okay, that's good too. But if you want a diverse team, you need someone who lives in the box. You need someone who that is their, their comfort zone is the box. Why? Because it gives diversity of opinion when you're going to choose a new authoring tool or you're, cho- you're going to approach how to how to uh, architect the documentation for a new feature. Having a diversity of opinions is important. And if you have someone always thinking outside the box, there is no box. There is no base opinion. There is no tying it to, well, this is what the industry standard is. You cannot always be outside the box and thinking creatively and sometimes it requires it. So I highly suggest, especially in the beginning, find an inside the box thinker who's going to be able to stick to industry standards and make your product in line with industry standards, okay? That means in terms of style, in terms of look, in terms of feel. Uh, If you have someone who's a little too creative in the beginning, it might not be the best idea. Okay, so we've covered a couple things with recruiting. Number one, what is the position you're recruiting for? Is it a writer? Is it a manager? What is the skill set they need? How are you going to get a diverse team? And how is that going to affect documentation in a positive way? 
And finally, why it's important to have an inside-the-box thinker. Now, I'd like to go over uh, one of my connections. She she has an incredible post on LinkedIn that really that really uh, struck home. It's a term that I use, and we touched on this a little bit in the beginning. Is that uh, the the idea of a full stack writer? Okay, a full stack writer is someone who can do editing and writing and UX writing and technical writing and API writing and and this is I'm going to read you some of of the post. Uh, her name is Nomi Soman, and she is a senior content marketing manager. I'd like to make a controversial statement. The full stack content manager is a complete myth. At my office, we believe in the power of an editor. Um, she says her colleague Natalie Dinsmore moves quickly and can spin out copious amounts of long form content. I love to polish language and tweak transitions until I can tease out the perfect message. Together, we're a dream team. Dividing responsibilities helps us work more than two times faster than we otherwise would because we can both focus on what we do best. With an editor, you never have to sacrifice quality for speed. With an editor, you never have to sacrifice quality for quantity. With an editor, you never have to sacrifice quality for frequency. So she kind of you know, blows this idea of full stack writer um, or full stack content manager um, out of the water. If you want great content, treat your content and give it the, the, the love and attention it deserves in terms of, of who you're hiring for. One person can't do it all. One writer cannot do it all. Okay. Martin Luther King had a team of editors, team of editors. Someone would write the first draft and they would edit, edit, edit. He would have the final draft, obviously. JFK, team of writers. These are both great uh, public speakers, but it took a team of editors to get it to where it is. And the person who wrote the first draft was not the person who did the fifth draft, and it was not the person who did the final draft. So really consider building up a team of writers because it's going to make everyone's life a bit easier and a bit better because everyone has different strengths. Okay, so this is the time we've been waiting for, our new segment called Time to Retire. Drum roll. The term we are retiring this week is imposter syndrome. Now, don't get me wrong. Imposter syndrome is a very real thing. It's a psychological term. And if you do actually suffer from this, I'm not speaking about you, so I do apologize. I'm talking about the use of it on LinkedIn. Um, I see it as a form of false humility. Someone wants to introduce something good that they've done um, and, and say that they didn't think they could do it. Let's get over this idea that we are somehow victims or we're not good enough and then we overcame you know, all these adversity. No, you were hired for a job. Think on the positive side. This is a positive thing. You made it out of a, out of a pool of candidates with the economy going the way it is that's growing larger and larger every day. A team of HR, of your, your, your individual team, everyone decided you were the one for this position for whatever reason, your personality was a fit, your skill set was a fit. You could do it. Let's start to have more confidence in ourselves. Okay, we are where we are because we made it. Okay, you made it to where you are. Don't don't use the word imposter syndrome anymore. You want to you want to put something out on LinkedIn because you did it well. Do it. Just do it. Be proud of your work, and you don't have to give a reason for it. And it doesn't require false humility. Be proud of your work. Be proud of what you're doing. Okay, so that's it. Thank you for joining this episode of the Word Up Podcast, and we'll see you next time. So thank you for joining us in this episode of the Word Up podcast. Uh, All of the information for contacting us will be in the description. 
definitely send us questions, comments, what you liked, what you didn't like. And if you have any questions, we'll uh, anonymously, or if you don't want to be anonymous, however you prefer, uh, we'll go over those questions in the next episode.